FINRA Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me as always is Callum and Ross. Um, how are we doing, lads? Well? Uh, uh, not too bad. I mean, lockdown restrictions announced today sort of put a damner on things, but... Other than that, can't can't complain too much. I should probably make it clear. Yeah, I said alongside me as always. What I mean by that, of course, is is via Zoom. We're not breaking any uh, rules, Rawson. How are you at the bowling club this evening? Or are we in the house? No, no, I'm just nice. So no skiving, no skiving tonight then. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> right, lads, agenda for our listeners. We'll start with Hibs, of course, after their uh, good draw at the weekend. Discuss Hearts and their updates from pre-season. And then we'll go into the Low League and Ember City, of course, where there's got plenty of pre-season action to still talk about. So we'll start with Hibs then, Callum. And um, last week on the podcast, about six days ago or so, we were a bit nervous, actually. We weren't, we weren't too hopeful, I would, overly hopeful, I would say, of uh, Hibs at the week, for, for the coming weekend. But you know what? That was probably one of the better performances I've seen for Hibs in, in a long time when it, coming against a, one of the old firm. I, I, was, I was really impressed, actually, on Sunday. Yeah, I think I think um, fell into the trap of the the typical football fan um, of playing down chances and being a bit nervous about the game. But I thought I thought Hibs were very very good for large periods. I thought you know uh, Rangers were good for periods of time, and I thought I mean it was probably the best game I've watched um, like since lockdown you know I think that it was it was really it was a really good game of football really uh, two teams that were going at it I thought um, I was delighted to see Jack Ross went for it uh, Dre Wright okay I might not take it all back but uh, you know th- there's a player there uh, Joe Newell clearly the bollocking I gave him a couple of weeks ago he's listened and uh, started paying attention because I thought he was excellent again and you know I just I just thought Hibs were really good. Good value for a point. And yeah. Just a really good game of football, really. Yeah. For me, Calm, you know, I look at that Hibs team, I look at everyone that started, I look at the players that came on, and you, can, you can't honestly uh, rate any Hibs player underneath probably a 7 out of 10. You know, it was 7 and 8s all round. Uh, in my opinion, I, mean, I thought almost every player was played well and you could argue some Rangers players maybe uh, below par, perhaps than they used to. But how important was it in your in your mind that Hibs did go? Just they didn't change anything. They just went in this four four two. We were a little bit anxious. We thought they might change it a bit more defensive. But how refreshing was that from Jack Ross? Because sometimes we've we've seen that Jack Ross ha- has sometimes maybe played for a point and maybe has changed things, uh, maybe gone one up front. But quite refreshing there that he's gone two up front and he's he's backed his players. Yeah, like I, I genuinely just didn't expect it from Jack Ross to go right. We're going to play our game and we're going to try and dictate play. But I thought it was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, you know, the, the first goal, it's the boy Barisic is absolutely brilliant going forward, but he is absolutely pony at the back. He cannot defend. He gets out jumped from this bit first, and then. Boyle takes an absolute massive touch. All he has to do is get in there. He's favourite to win it, but he stands off him. Let's Boyle get the ball into the box and Dre Wright, you know, thank you very much, really. Um, very easy 
finish. But I think that the two up top was the right thing to do. You had Dodge as usual self. He just works hard. But Nisbet just adds that little bit of quality that Ibs were missing last year. And I think that, you know, even though he didn't get a goal, his work rate almost deserved it. Yeah. Ross, um, me, me and Callum have spoke. Me and Callum have spoke so much about Kevin Nisbet. I know you didn't maybe see the game, but you've probably seen extended highlights of it. It's quite refreshing for me to see a striker, Ross, uh, that any sight of goal that he gets, he shoots. And leading I, up to before actually Hibbs scored, he had a he made a great had a great shot from the edge of the box, a volley, a, a turning a turning shot, and McLaughlin made a, a fine save. In the second half as well, he had a few just sort of pot shots from anywhere at the edge of the box. Any chance he gets, he's shooting. And not just that, his work rate was absolutely phenomenal at the weekend. There was times he was running right back, he was putting in big challenges, and Hibs have got a right good player there, don't they? I, I think definitely, I think you need a striker that's going to constantly pop goals, because majority of the time, one of them, at least a couple of them are going to go in. Yeah. throughout the season especially so you're potentially looking at maybe a 15-20 goal a season striker there um, I think the workload that Dodge will help him with as well that will potentially help we spoke about last week why they needed to go two up top because um, one would be isolated and I think it worked perfectly for them yeah. um, <clears throat> hats off to Hibs for the result because I think Rangers are they were in flying form especially after the 5-0 European win, um, so they would have came on a big, a big up from that game. Um, so I credit to you. It's like Marciano, I thought for me pulled off some brilliant saves yeah, in absolutely. that game, especially with the outfield at the end. That was brilliant. Yeah, Callum, you've you've been saying for a, for a long time about uh, Marciano, and, and and you've rated him right up there with the be- the best goalkeepers in the league, and you have done for probably the last two or three years that Marciano has been at the club. Um, it's about time that he's starting to be recognised because for me, very rarely does Marciano make a howler. Yeah, of course, sometimes he makes uh, things look a lot more, uh, shall we say, well, camera saves basically is what I'm coming to. He likes to make a camera save, but very rarely is he unreliable, Callum. He's, for me, a, a fine, fine goalkeeper. Now, for me, the rating that I always, I was told I was a young goalkeeper coming through, I think it was, um, it was an old goalkeeper. I don't know if it was like a, a Pat Jennings or a, or a Banks it was one of these players and uh, one of these uh, players and uh, goalkeepers sorry and they said that for a goalkeeper to say that they're playing well one in every ten goals they should should be that go- the goalkeeper should have done better there uh, I'd probably say Marciano's probably about that ratio one in ten there's not many goals that go in you go I'm looking at Marciano there not many of course there's some but it's it's compare that to maybe last season with Pereira it was Nine and ten goals were, were his sort of fault, but very rarely, really, very rarely does a finger get pointed at Marciano. Jake Morelos's goal should have been done better, though. That one. <laughs> I think it's just, the, I think it's just the 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 proximity to the goal for me. Um, he that, takes a touch and he's, yeah. Like um, for me, I can see what you're saying because realistically, where can Morelos put that? He can only really put it in, um, you know, if he tries to go across, then there's a couple of players it's easier for Marciano. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he should do better, but if, if he took a step out when Morelos is uh, bringing the ball down, then, you know, that hits him. You know, mm. it's not good. But I think that's pr- probably a bit harsh to, to judge him on that. I mean, 
In no. terms of Martino's quality, last year I tweeted that he's the best keeper in Scotland on his day, and that was when Hibs were getting drubbed 6 1 at Ibrox, <laughs> which, uh, you know, that's, that's a bold statement to make. But if he hadn't been in goals that day, it would have been double figures. So I think that um, I actually said this to my girlfriend's dad last night after watching copious amounts of hopeless goalkeepers yeah. you you almost don't know what it's like to have a good goalie between the sticks and I mean hmm. like even last year Chris Maxwell uh, just Marciano has been different class for Hibs for you know four years now yeah. and he's uh, just you, you can run out of superlatives talking yeah. about him you know, it's funny because when we come off the back of a, a performance like that, I could almost mention every player there that, that impressed me. I like Paul McGinn the weekend, of course, our, our two set of halves done well. Um, young Josh Josh Doyle got caught out a little bit for the first goal. Um, he, he he sort of the ball gets put in behind him and then it's an easy cross in for Kent. But I thought Josh Doyle played well from there. A little change bringing Stevenson on. But we could almost speak about almost every player. Cam, I know you've mentioned Newell and Dre Wright already, but. It was just an all-round solid performance, uh, and Hibs yeah. Hibs thoroughly thoroughly deserved deserved their point, Cal. I I thought um, you know I, th- I thought the worst when Rangers got it back um, just before half time, and then you know their second goal. Uh, I thought the build up in both goals uh, for Rangers was really well worked. Slick passing. Um, after you was doing, you think right that's it. They're gonna they're run away with. It. But, I mean, you know, I thought that when we played them in. 2016 in the cup final so um, I think uh, there's a little bit of luck about Boyle Um, is he on set I mean he's he's marginally off I would say but I think Ali McCoyst came out yesterday and said look I know it's a goal against my team and it's offside but I would much rather have these decisions than VAR I mean I was watching that Sheffield game last night and they had to I think it was about three or four minutes that they were deliberating over whether it was a penalty for Sheffield United. And it's just, it just saps the fun out of it. Um, you know, and these things go for you and they go against you. So I, I think I think VAR would be ridiculous up here. But um, Doyle just wants it so much more than Holanda for that goal. Yeah. Absolutely just gets up and <sighs> reminded me as uh, Heather at St Johnston when he got his hat yeah, trick and sort yeah. of like yeah. player. He just gets up and wants it. And, you know, it was brilliant for him because, I mean, he's only scored three goals so far this season, but he's sort of playing second fiddle to the, the plaudits that Nisbet's getting. But he's just, he works so hard. And, you know, a year on when I'm saying that, a year ago, sorry, when I'm saying that he doesn't deserve to wear the shirt, but um, it just shows how things can change. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask about thoughts on Rangers in terms of, do you think, but I'm not going to bother because of the Ember Football Podcast. Um, straight to Ross, I'm going to come to you first. Two big talking incidents, which have sort of been the main talking points off the back of the of the game on, on uh, Sunday. The two yellow cards that were awarded to, to Ryan Porteous and Paul Hanlon. Um, for me, neither are red cards, but I'm a Hibs fan, so maybe I will say that. But I'll, I'll leave that to you, Ross. I mean, where do, where do you stand? Uh, I've seen them both back. I think for me, the Porteous one, the Porteous one, the, the camera angles is so far away. But for me, Alan McCoy's called it from his point of view. He just thought that the Ryan Porteous just steps across uh, Morelos to stop a run. That's probably how I see it. But it's hard to tell if an arm's raised or not. Uh, and Hanlon, for me, is just stepping across Hadji. 
and it's just an accident that his arms caught on that. That's my opinion. Um, what do you think? I think the Harlow one's definitely I think a spooking hundred percent. It's not. It doesn't look like there's malice in it. Yeah. So aye, I think that's the right decision. The Porteous one from the from one of the angles, the referee's staring right at it by the looks of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if if he generally feels that's violent conduct, then he would have to go. But he's obviously not seen it in that way. I think it's one of the I said to you on the group chat. I was like. This one of the other challenges he got. I think Morelos got booked for it. Um, I, I've seen him given as a yellow as well, so he was quite lucky with that aspect. But from the two challenges we highlighted, nah, both bookings for me. Like both yellows, yeah, I think so too. I think Alan McCoy's actually summed it up quite well. He said, you know, um, well, he he thought if red cards have been handed out, then either player could have had no complaints in them, and yellows are given out, no player can have so. Complaints in a in a weird way, but I kind of understand what he means. It's sort of on the borderline, but I thought two bookings for me, Callum. What do you think? Two play-ons, probably, presumably from you. <laughs> I, I didn't think either of them were fouls in the first place. Yeah, I, I can't even believe what I'm hearing right now. Mm. There was absolutely nothing in them. And if you want to talk about fouls, right? Porteous does. N- Porteous is following the ball. Manels runs into him, goes down, and then kicks out at Porteous. So if you're talking about retrospective cards and whatnot, Morello should have watched straight away because he boots Porteous straight off. Seeing that the Hanlon ones are full, you're having an absolute I, I Honestly, I I can't believe that. There's no way in my mind that either of them were fouls. And I... Um, if I was sitting there and, you know, let's, let's take it to... Um, Hamden on the 31st of October when Hartsfield Hibs and if Berra steps across Nisbet and is sent off for a challenge like that, I will sit here on this show and say there's no way that that deserved a red card. There is no way that deserved a red card. It's not even a foul. And all Hanlon's done is been stronger than Hadji. Hit the gym, son, and then you can get a yellow for that. You're knowing the game. I... I could not believe it. And then you had, what's it, absolute rent a Rangers fan, Andy Halliday, on a sports scene on Saturday, Sunday night. <laughs> oh, aye. It was a definite red card. Shut up, Andy. You should be playing. Who are you playing for right now? You're not even good enough to get in that team. And I know I said a couple of weeks ago he was good enough, but nah, I've had it up to hear one. <laughs> and then BB Sport gave him an absolute... Uh, another- who put 50p gal? They give him a uh, column. We've not on the even gone to speak about Scott McKenna getting a move to Nottingham Forest yet. No, no, no. They give him a column on the website so that he can talk more about his bleeding heart and how it was a disgrace that there wasn't a red card. Ken, what, Andy? Take your medicine and f- off because <laughs> there was nothing in those challenges. Yeah, I think you've. Yeah, I. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm changing my mind, but actually, you know, the more I think, the more I, I'm not. Yeah, the more I think about, I'm not listening to these green tinted glasses no, here. I, I think <laughs> I'll take Nottingham Forest. I don't know who's in charge there, but they must be high <laughs> in money for Scott McKenna. This is your fault, Stobie, bringing this up. Aberdeen, <laughs> absolute watch for the fact that they are getting money for him. Well, so what, six million. Before before we go on, uh, 
I'll briefly speak about that. They could have got seven million for him about a year ago, and then they're going to get three for, three million from now. So, so there you are. Uh, it's going up to six apparently. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, anyway. Well, it'll be perfect. Back to Hibs then. So this weekend it's um it's Celtic and mm-hmm. it's another t- it's a tough couple of weeks for Hibs, isn't it? But Celtic sort of brings that really tough run to an end. Um do you expect Hibs just to go four four two again? I mean for me, Celtic are conceding goals defensively. Rangers have been a lot stronger than Celtic this season, and that's evident with the with the clean sheet run that that uh, Rangers went on. Um, I think go there with no fear. Livingston can score two goals there. There's no reason why Hibs can, can't score four through there, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, I'll be <laughs> honest. Look, always it's a tough game, but look, you've heard how much Neil Lennon is greeting in the press right now because he is desperate for fans to be back at Parkhead because they are toiling without them mm-hmm. um, like the Copenhagen game was a prime example um, was it Copenhagen who, who knocked them out the Ferencvaros Ferencvaros Shabba Laszlo's old club uh, um, Ferencvaros game right when they got the equaliser about um, you know half an hour to go the crowd would have drove them on and they would have won that game yeah. but in these sort of moments where there's a little bit of hesitancy Celtic are struggling yeah, uh, and that's why he's desperate for fans to get back in. But I think, you know, again, it's another sort of free hit for Hibs. Um, I would play the same team. Jamie Murphy's available, so you know, stronger bench. But I would go there and have a go. I think that Hibs have players that can cause them problems. I don't think that Julian uh, likes playing against Christian Doyle. So I, I think that. I think that it's well worth a go and I don't think that the goalie that they've got is as good as uh, Foster last year yeah. so yeah something's not quite something's not quite clicking don't get me wrong Celtic have got some quality players but Edward's coming out and saying that he's tired and I know that the Celtic fans online are raging at the moment with Scott Brown they think they're feeling that he's passed it I know how I mean he's seemed to be passed it for the last three see years. that every year though see it every year I know but something just doesn't seem quite right at Celtic at the moment in time Ross Ross you called it I mean last week you good. said Hibs, Hibs had to to play against Rangers and go for it they had to go two up front have no fear go at Rangers what's your thoughts at, for, for Celtic again Celtic are in European action oh. I think on Thursday night I think are they against or is that next Celtic they're it no Europa League no, they draw oh, the oh, that's this Thursday is it Callum I think so they didn't play last Thursday yeah so potentially this weekend um, away in Riga I think I mean it's not exactly a, the most difficult games but you're talking so Hibs Celtic, what do you think, Ross? What what approach should Hibs take this weekend? Why don't they have big cousins? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, I, I think exactly what Carl said. You've got to kind of just go for it again. Because that'll be it. It's at Celtic Park, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a wee bit difficult to go for it there. I think uh, if you had to make Easter Road, potentially. Hearts always done well at Tynecastle against them, but struggled at uh, Celtic Park due to the big pitch. But I don't know. I, I think if he's of course Rangers, how much pull on? There's absolutely no reason why he can't do it at Celtic because, mm. as we said, they've shipped two goals to Livy and Livy are honking. Right. Um, so, uh, he can do it. No reason why he's can't. Predictions then to finish this bit. Um, two one Hibs. Two one Hibs. Three all. Three all. Wow. No, had that before. Um, 
but after. I'll go. F- yeah, I think my head says one thing, my heart says the other. Toby's um, back for both. Yeah, I think uh, I can see Celtic running out maybe maybe two three one, but I'm gonna put my my brave pants on and go for Desmond <laughs> two two. Uh, that, that's that's brave. Aye, I'll take two two. That's not bad. That's your safety pants. Aye, on. safety. <laughs> aye, maybe. Uh, okay then, on to Hearts. And it's really just pre-season updates, isn't it? I think I've seen today that they're yes, playing, they're no. playing Falkirk and I've seen uh, Peter Hanning now getting full Instagram. Aye, he's um, playing the day, aye. Uh, the God, I mean, I'll start with aye. that. I mean, have we named have we, Haring for you, Ross? How important is he? I mean, someone for me that seems like a real stopper, but on the ball, maybe a lot. Big player for us. Yeah, yeah. Need him in the big games, I think. We're in a bit... Bit weak in middle of the park at times. I think he's that wee bit of muscle we need in between. It's like a Gogic, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He just sorts out the mid. He's perfect oh. in between that midfield and defence for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Peter Haring's importance to Hearts. Right? When he first signed and he got running the team, Hearts are sitting top of the league. Injuries hamper him. Um, he didn't play at all last season. He's back playing, to be honest. No. Didn't play at all last season. Hearts went down. So realistically the the importance of obviously it's not just Peter Haring but a player like him in the middle of the park can elevate hearts massively mm. um, getting him back is huge yeah, yeah. Okay. pre-season updates then so it was a was it a 5-0 win against East Fife on 5-0 against East Fife 3-0 today against Falkirk so how's it shaping up then Ross what's the, what, what's the chat from hearts who's Luke's, who's yeah. looking good it's looking good um, so far. So I saw the five goals against East Fife. Halkett got the first. Then, oh God, I remember this earlier. Walker scored a screamer. I remember that. Uh, Boyce has got two and two now for the pre-season. So it looked like he's hitting a bit of form there. Um, I think Greer scored one against no. East Fife. That was, it was not good. I think it is Greer. Just no, it, it was Freer. Freer. Freer, whatever his name was, Freer or whatever. Gordon Greer used to play for Kilmarnock, son. So he did, aye. <laughs> 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 he's still playing. He's about 45. Oh, uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see his pace. I'd like to see his pace in the wings, speaking of pace in the wings. Oh, anyway, Elliot Freer. Chris, Ham- Chris Hamilton got one as well. Okay. So it's good to see Chris. Keezy. Chris Hamilton looked like he's, he's starting pretty much every game, so that might be a... A wee sign for future him and Halkett at centre half. He's about yeah. full foot nothing though, mind you, for a centre half. It's, but it's probably not like I said. You know, it's it's maybe not a bad time to to bleed in these young players for me. You know, they're going to be playing against players that are going to be you know no, no disrespect. They're not going to be as, as as good as Hearts. That's just that's just fact. You know, Hearts no, are favourites. So it's probably not a bad time to. I'm not saying totally just have every week you're going to have 11 youngsters like you did the first time round, but just putting in one or two maybe every week to give them that experience and it's maybe not a bad time it could be a good thing in the long term this time next year we might be talking about Hearts or I'm sure we will be talking about Hearts in the top league and then you might have five or six you know stars that have come through the academy that are, are ready to fight for that first team jersey every week uh, absolutely yeah Cam how do you think then the, the chat then I know that this is looking quite good for Hearts I know I mean favourites in the preseason family so far but they're shaping up okay aren't they yeah, I think I think the most encouraging thing is <clears throat> so far uh, against the Scottish teams. It's been uh, to nil. Uh, it's always mm. always good. Um, but 
from from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of the new boys have fitted in well. Ginelli's been talked about quite a lot, or Ginelli, or you know, how, however you pronounce yeah. it. Um, Gordon Greer doing well. Uh, so <laughs> the fact that Boyce has hit the ground running, so let's be honest, that's a guy that can score twenty goals in that league next year. Uh, Jamie Walker's looking interested again, which is always always a good thing. I think that welcome addition. Uh, Jamie Walker's a bit of a mood player. Um, if he's interested, you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to be brilliant. But if he's not, then you know you'd be as well putting buyers out, you know, because <laughs> absolutely nothing. So hey, I'll talk goal scorer, but Ali Premier's going to have you though. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what twenty years and just a bit. No, careful, careful, Callum, careful. Um... <laughs> Absolutely not. He's texted me up last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what's next games then? What's the next games lined up? Partick. Partick, okay. Partick on Saturday. I think that's a glamour one that they're selling to the season to goalers. Ah, uh, yeah. It's the first time that Partick's been described as glamour, but exactly. Um, um, and then it's on to the Betfred after that, is it not? Is it will be then the Betfred? Not far off. Part um, of October. Yeah, not far off. Okay, no. Massive. Right. I wait for October. <laughs> right, on to um, on to Edinburgh City then. And well, we've not had many, not much signing news, but we've had some more friendlies. Uh, they played at the weekend, Callum, against uh, Penny Cook, and it was incredibly streamed live on, I think it was YouTube. Uh, did you tune in for that, Callum, yeah. on your Saturday afternoon? Um, no, no. What was I doing on Saturday afternoon? Um, no watching well, that. It was it was, <laughs> it was it was that exciting. I forgot. It. Um, what did I do at the weekend? Jesus. Um, no. So it's like uh, a good weekend, mate. If you can remember. Oh, that's it. Uh, no. So I think it's decent again. City. Um, you know the usual suspects scoring. Um, it was a good run out by all accounts. Uh, Benny Cook had. Um, well, when I spoke to Lairdy, he was very impressed with Penny Cook's track and trace that they had operated um, in, in these circumstances. You know, he said that it was the best that they've seen so far. So, um, hats well, off. Sarcastic or actually just being genuine? No, no that's, 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 that's genuine. Oh, yeah. But uh, hats off to them for that. But uh, I think it's just a, a routine when so they are track and trace I well done well done lads <laughs> uh, thanks for coming um, no but if you think about the yeah we've seen the goal so another another goal for, for Danny Handling from the spot um, and then two actually decent goals for me I, I, I quite, that's what Blair Henderson brings you know he's that sort of he's just a natural goal scorer isn't he and, he, and he's just able to Manoeuvre his body in ways to get himself on the end of things, isn't he? He's, he's a clever striker and he, he does well to, to make a good connection and put that ball on the stretch back across the goalie. And then the pick of the bunch, of course, is, is Alex Harris. And I, I'd like to see Alex again really kick on from last season because I think he really started well, didn't he, Callum? And then maybe towards the end of the uh, season, I wouldn't say there was a, a dip in form, but he wasn't as, as red hot as perhaps he was when he, when he first broke into the broke into the scene at Embra City. I, I, don't, I don't want to sound harsh, but. I'd almost forgotten that Alec Harris was there. Um, just with the way he sort of tailed off last season and then there hadn't been a lot about him. But, you know, on his day, he is a player. And 
Just... So you swap for Boyle, eh? That's right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll always remember um, uh, a friend of ours that supports Dundee, Ross Anderson, who said that Martin Boyle was absolutely pony and Dundee have won a watch with that. And, you know, no disrespect to Alec Harris, these things happen, but Martin Boyle, um, yeah, he's, he's doing all right, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me though, I think I think the, you know the the real the real uh, situation that happened. Alex Harris though, it was that tackle in that first game of the season, wasn't it? Against was it Motherwell or was it Motherwell? Um, when he broke his ankle, I think wasn't it? And he never really quite quite recovered from that. It was yeah. the season after he broke on, and it's that's football, isn't it? It'd be because uh, when he first broke into the scene, Calum at Hibs, people were genuinely talking about him going down the. Down the English Premier League, they're putting them. They said they hadn't seen a, hadn't seen a, a youngster break in and have that impact on a, a Hibs team since Stephen Fletcher. There was that discussion about Alex Harris because he was phenomenal when he first yeah. broke in those those first sort of six weeks in the Hibs jersey. But it's it's good to yeah. see him now playing regular, enjoying his football, and, and finding some of that form again. Let's be honest. Yeah, massively. I, I agree with every word, and you've just got to hope that again this year stays injury free and can get a run in the team because he is a talent yeah absolutely and there's no reason no, no disrespect to Ember City but if, if Alex Harris you know has a fantastic season then there's there's no reason why maybe a championship team wouldn't, wouldn't sign him and then suddenly he's back in that in that fold and then and then who knows you, you know at the end of the day you know it wasn't that long ago he was a full time he was full time at Hibs so and then Dundee like you say so mm-hmm. and then down, down south too had a wee spell but um the secret trialist was uh, the day after. Not me. Of course, it wasn't you. Of course, it was, and it was correct. It was uh, uh, Josh Campbell that, that I was told, and um, a player that's quite rated at Hibs, Callum. I think you know. I think he said that he's he's tipped. So good signing, and probably good for both parties. You know, a player that's going in at League Two level, so that that'll really test him. We've seen the what benefits. We've seen wow. benefits of that. I think he played centre midfield and centre half. I think in that friendly against Civil, so. Um, perhaps a bit of, you know, the opportunity to play him in several positions, you know, which could be useful over the course of the season. But we've seen the benefit that Edinburgh City have had to certain players from Hibs, most notably Ryan Porteous. Right, well, most notably Ryan Porteous, I suppose, in most recent years. So, uh, hopefully that Josh Campbell can have a, a similar season. You know, Porto won Young Player of the Year at Edinburgh City in his season in League Two. So. Maybe Josh Campbell do similar, but good signing for for Embraer City, I think, uh, coming on loan. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure what their what their next sort of friendly fixtures are. Callum, do we have an idea? Um, no. Okay, perfect. Right on to the the the, the Lowland League then. Um, there hasn't well, there's a friendly at the weekend, of course, for for Spartans. End, so we'll start there because they played against Hearts, a young Hearts side, um, two 0 to to Hearts side, but. Good run out by all accounts for for Spartans and again no disgrace and that'll be a good workout for them, Callum, to back up a that sort of five two win against Tynecastle during the week. Yeah, I think um, these sort of games are just really beneficial to um, getting up to speed, really. And yeah, it would have been a good workout for both parties. You're not you're not sort of looking at the result in these games. It's more. Um, looking at fitness and shape, etc. So um, good for Spartans because, you know, as we said last week, they really need to hit the ground running. So, um, ah, massive. Yeah, and a good test actually because at the end of the day, they're playing against full-time, 
I know they're young players, but the full-time players have certainly been playing a lot more football than they have recently. So that would have been a that have been a good, a really good workout. All, um, all about Spartans is why was there no sort of commemorating um, merchandise, commemorative, commemorative merchandise for this friendly when they had it for Liverpool last year? You know, when they're playing a team. <laughs> When they're playing an under twenty side, I thought they brought out badges and everything. Right, well, you never know. Maybe a half and half face mask. Maybe that'll be the next thing from from now on. Next family for Spartans, they um, they're going up against Musselburgh, so a decent test actually. I think for for Spartans, I'm not sure if that's tonight or this weekend. I'm not hundred percent sure, um, but they've got I think Musselburgh in their next friendly, so decent test actually because that that'll be a good maybe indicator of you know where they are ahead of the, the new season, I suppose. Uh-huh. I could have just walked along if it was an olive bank and watched through the fence. Um, no, no, Callum. I know no. Nic- Nicola's announcement's in five minutes. We'll have to double check if that's allowed or not. Uh, right, on to uh, Civil then. Callum, well, I think they've got a friendly tonight. There hasn't really much to report. I think they're maybe due to play a friendly at the weekend. That was... It didn't go ahead, but... Um, friendly tonight against... I think it's Crossgates tonight, so we'll see how they are... So shaping up there, hopefully maybe hopefully a win for them because I know they've had two t- really tough games, haven't they, against obviously, um, Edinburgh City and Arbroath. So perhaps one tonight that they can maybe get a few goals and and uh, yeah. start focusing on that side of the side of the game round defensively. Uh, right, podcast puzzler then, and I've been rattling my brains for this one this week, but I think I've, I think I've got a good one, um, and it it brought to me. Today, this afternoon, when I was, I was teaching a class when a, a young lad actually called a Meg during a game of football at the end, called a Meg, put it through his mate's legs, ran round at the other side, and the whole all his mates were doing the way to him. So it's on that it's on that theme. So for, for me, it's it's a, a, a flair player that's given that sort of reaction for maybe from the crowd or maybe a flair player that you've just loved. But I don't want you just to say, oh, I loved Wanjo at Hearts. I want you to tell me an incident that actually happened in the game that gave you that reaction, that that big moment. So for me, I'll, I'll start us off. It has to be the time when Russell Latapy signed for for Edinburgh City. So Thursday night at Peffer Mill, um, we're training as normal ahead of a big Scottish Cup game at the weekend. Um, just the session coming to to an end, and our manager starts walking over with uh, with his player, and I'm I'm didn't finishing off my goal training, and I'm looking over, I went. So I go, ah, that's Russell Latapy, you know. And then I've kind of gone, that's Russell Latapy. Like, what's he doing here? So we all get brought in and it's like, oh, Russell Latapy signed for us. And it's like, wow. And uh, so we go straight into shooting practice, of course. Standard just instantly is absolutely frightening. Russell Latapy's first shot gets laid off. He's got the mobile phone in one hand, the fag in the other. And he's just dinked the ball. And it's gone, post the stamping in. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't in goals. It was actually our our goalie coach, uh, who's also probably oh, the biggest oh, yeah. biggest jambo uh, I'd ever, I've ever known in uh, Babsy. So it couldn't have happened to a, a, a better moment. But literally, dink, literally dinked him, posted stamp. The whole the whole of us, the whole of the the boys, on the ground laughing, cheering, high five, and Russell. So that was probably the best sort of flare moment that I can picture. I've bought you some good time there, lads. Um, the bit. I mean. Surely there's a moment of a type of flair player that's really pulled out all the stops. There must be a moment with Zamama, Callum, no? Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm sort of thinking of guys that were absolutely brutal but pulled off <laughs> like the 
Um, so I'm thinking of that's, that's where my mind's gone. I'm not trying to think I could play, but I mean, to, well, just from just from Sunday there, when Ryan Portis uh, skins Hadji and then nonchalantly back heels ah, to Josh Roy. Good shot, and you're Cal, just like, shout. what are you big man? But I, right, I tell you, I tell you, here's, here's a moment that made me sort of go, oh, um, <laughs> Hibs were playing. Well, I think it was Dundee in 2003. Uh, we're going back a wee bit. And Old bluesy Tuesday night. <laughs> it, was the, it was a Saturday afternoon. Wind coming off the tee. <laughs> the answer to the half-time quiz, question number right. nine, was Kidderminster Harriots. Remember it well. Number was 8-4-6-5-2 for the half-time draw as well. Shut up. Um... <laughs> So the ball was played forward by a Dundee player and Colin Murdoch with his son. I <laughs> Colin Murdoch, there we go. Right? Colin Murdoch, centre half for Hibs at the time. Ball comes over and he just lets it glide off his bald head <laughs> safely into the arms of Nick Colgan. And I thought to myself, wow, wow, that's the level you aspire to. That sort of confidence to just let it glide off your head. And then into the arms of the goalie. I thought that was beautiful, Colin Murdoch. There we are. Ross, give me a flair player at least. Wow. I know I know they're rare it at heart. Took you that long. <laughs> uh, well, most recently for me... Once have they kept interrupting me? Most recently for me, and I'm quite glad both of you actually saw this in live, was uh, Uchi Ekbiazu's uh, step-overs ah, right. <laughs> before laying it off the hickey before he scored the winner at Easter Road last season. Yeah, yeah. That, Unbelievable. You'll never see a better step-over than that than Derek Life at Wolf. <laughs> there we are. Okay, hopefully that gets some uh, some reaction. We can get some, some moments, some down the years where I... Well, maybe not a flair player. I was going down a flair player route, but, but there we are. Um but there we are. Anything else to add, lads? I don't think there's much much more to add. Um, no. The, the response from the podcast puzzle last week was Mirsad Bislia. As, Bislia. Uh, is, is that how you say it? Sorry. The, Bos- the Bosnian bullet. Maybe it's £150,000 cross. Um, but aye, that was, that was the only take. It's still a record really. transfer. Absolutely honking. Uh, hey, lads. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Take care and see you next week.